Eons past, a monstrous hybrid of land and marine reptiles was sealed into a state of suspended animation, slumbering through the fall of dinosaurs and the rise of man. But awakened by an undersea nuclear test, the creature returned to life, now breathing the fires of radiation. Stan Lee presents Godzilla, King of the Monsters! The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. This episode, Mega Monsters Part 3, The Super Beasts, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Issue 14, Cover Date September 1978. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel's Cosmic Comics, part of the Comic Book Time Machine uh, feed. Sure, uh, whatever. Uh, this feed is, of course, where we take a look at the Marvel sci-fi comic books that are published alongside Star Wars. And these are all comic books that have been published through a licensing agreement with outside parties. And that would be the case here with... Godzilla. This was licensed by Marvel through Toho to uh, do a Godzilla comic. So Godzilla, King of Monsters, as you see on the cover, because Godzilla's head covers the 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 and the King of the Monsters. Issue number fourteen. It's from Toho Productions' famed movie series, and this cover gives us a pretty dramatic dramatic thing. I mean, we already mentioned that on the cover it says Red Ronin is finished. Now Godzilla must alone face the siege of the super beasts. And on the cover is the head of Red Ronin on the ground. And poor little Rob Takaguchi, he's hanging out of the eyeball socket of Red Ronin. And um, there's Godzilla fighting a beast in the background while Dum Dum Dugan is pointing dramatically at the because basically you know anyone else standing there would not think to look and got you know dum dum dugan he needs to point your attention there and yeah and godzilla's looking really lean in that cover image but anyway it's it's a dramatic one so <laughs> uh there's a lot going on and but it's not cluttered and it's not I mean, the line work is clean, and it's just—it's a decent cover. It's a—it's a really decent cover. And honestly, if I was just seeing this on the stands, um, and it wasn't Godzilla, maybe it was some other creature in the title role, I—I'd be interested. I'd—I'd I'd be interested. The writer is Doug Mensch, and the penciler is Herd Trimpey, and the inker Daniel Green. The letterer is Shelley Lefferman, and the colorist is Don Don Warfield. Jim Shooter. Editor-in-Chief Bob Hall once again coming in as the editor of the book. So um, good good for you, Bob Hall. Good for you. That's that's two this month. And in just the licensed books 
alone. Who knows what else he was doing this month in, in other areas. But cover price, $0.35, cents, like most of these issues uh, that we are, we are getting into this month. Uh, on sale date was June 6, 1978. Cover date, September 1978. And, yeah, I think we should just jump right into it because we are in the middle of, uh, well, it's a trilogy, so we're not even in the middle of it. This is the third part. And, you know, previously, Godzilla was called upon to fight monsters. And I know that usually happens in a Godzilla movie when there's more than one monster. Although sometimes he ends up fighting man. And we find out that perhaps man is the actual monster after all. Not in this case. In this case, it's aliens that are the monsters. And the aliens also have monsters that do their fighting for them. They've sent these monsters to Earth. Earth is basically going to die unless something's done about these monsters. And Godzilla has to fight them. And there's three of them. And they've already taken out Red Ronin. As I said, his head is lying on the ground. And uh, the pilot of Red Ronin, Rob Takaguchi, hanging out of the eye socket hole. Which, uh, it was more dramatic last issue when it happened. Um, But, you know, this issue... It's not. It looks less uncomfortable. Let's put it that way, and and less deadly. Where in the last issue he was just hanging from the eye socket, like his whole body is hanging out of the eye socket. In this one, his body is more leaning out of the eye socket, and he's on the ground with his legs still in the eye instead of hanging. Um, it's it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't think that this was an intentional softening of things, although that visual of him hanging out of that eye socket is pretty pretty wild. So, yeah, let's get into this. Let's get into the story here. Now, you probably remember, maybe you remember, I don't know. If you're, I'm going to remind you if you remember or not, uh, last last issue, the we had this battle between the Badens and the Megans, uh, Mega in... Uh, I think I finally realized in reading this issue, it's not meant to be like Megan, but it's like Mega with an N at the end and Beta with an N at the end. So Megans and Badens, they, they've been having this war. They've been fighting with monsters and the two groups of aliens that are near the Earth, have basically, um, they're doomed. The Megans are dead. The Badens are not dead, but they are slowly dying. And I'm just going to say, um, uh, painful death seems to be a theme in this issue. Uh, the Badens, it's horrifying when you realize what's going on. Their air is being slowly drained from their moon base. And they are basically just biding their time until they suffocate and one by one they're going down dying waiting to see am i going to be you know is our is our monster godzilla because that's their champion on on earth that they've chosen to fight the other monsters will godzilla survive and of course you know the answer of course i know the answer the question is how 
And, you know, in a movie, actually, it would be possible for Godzilla to die at the end because in the movies, they they do tend to do a turnaround and they you can kill off Godzilla. You can kill off Godzilla's twin brother. You can, you know, because that's you got to bring him back somehow. And then the next time around, you just bring him back because, you know what? We thought he was dead, but he wasn't. And then the next time around, it's a reboot. And then, you know, they can do that in the, the movies where they're not worrying about continuity. And then when they start worrying about continuity you just wait for the final one or something, you know, but in this case here, he can't die. Not if the book is going to continue, but the question is how will he survive as he's fighting the three other champions of the Megans, but the Batons, and they actually get a couple pages in this. When you take all their panels and put them together of them, just slowly dying one by one, until you finally, with the Baden's story, Godzilla wins. And the remaining Baden on the moon, he has a tear in his eye as he dies. But his people will know on, on their home world. And, and the Badens, or, or the Megans, I should say, then they've decided that they're going to stop the war. But how do we get there? How does Godzilla win? And is it just going to be he fights and starts losing and losing and losing, and then he tries harder and he wins? And and there is something to that here, but this does what I like in a Godzilla story. The humans get involved, and in this case, it's directly. He's fighting these three monsters. He can't win against the three of them because he'll focus on one and the other two will attack. And so Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones each get into a flying machine and distract two of the creatures while Godzilla then is able to womp on the third one. And there's no doubt that Gabe, Dum Dum and Godzilla are going to come out of this just fine. But it's kind of cool. And the humans are involved. The humans are active. The humans are doing stuff. And they go, they jump into the battle, and it allows Godzilla the opportunity to win. And I like it. I do. I like it. Um, so Godzilla, he, fighting these two different, these, these three different aliens, they all look very, very different. The one that's left is the one that looks like a giant Venus flytrap or a monster mutant Mare McCheese uh, or something like that. But it has this huge mouth, crazy huge mouth, catches Dum Dum Dugan's flying ship, starts to eat it, and decides instead of eating it, he's going to throw it at Godzilla the way a, a burglar would throw his gun at Superman after he's shot all the bullets. Do you ever notice that Superman always ducked when they did that? Because the bullets weren't real, but the gun was when they're throwing it at, at George Reed. Anyway, uh, he throws Dum Dum Dugan's ship at Godzilla. Godzilla catches it and then gently sets it down on the ground. And just like in Human Fly, with our Human Fly issue number 13 that we just covered, where the um, the TV station manager realizes maybe Human Fly isn't such a bad guy after all, We get the turn from Dum Dum Dugan. Maybe Godzilla isn't such a bad monster after all. 
Now, this gets gruesome because this creature also has the spinning tail that's like a helicopter blade. And this spinning tail that's like a helicopter blade was used on Red Ronin. It's what took Red Ronin's head right off. And it goes to use it against Godzilla. And, you know, I, I don't have to see in a Godzilla story, I don't have to see sophisticated character development and change. But this was one of those things where this monster Godzilla is getting attacked. This giant Venus flytrap thing is biting on Godzilla's whole back. And it's kind of, wow, okay, crazy. Godzilla's able to pull him off. And there's a voice from the Megans that's telling the creatures what to do. And it tells the creature to use its blades on Godzilla and take Godzilla's head off. And this is one time where overdone and overwrought narration actually is kind of fun. It says, what goes through the mind of a Leviathan? Does Godzilla now see an image of Red Ronin's earlier decapitation? And if so, does he connect it with his own immediate danger? And that's as the creature is approaching. The next panel, Godzilla grabs the creature from beneath and it says, apparently, and then (laughs) he takes the tail that's still spinning and pushes it into the neck of the creature and decapitates the beast. The beast's head gets cut clean off. Now, this is a book that is covered by the Comics Code Authority, but apparently... It's a creature. It's a monster. So it's okay uh, to show, and it's it's not totally gruesome. But between those monsters, or not the monsters, between the aliens suffocating, and then Godzilla kills all three of those mega beasts, and yeah, this is still a, a authorized book sold with by Marvel with the the stamp for the Comics Code Authority that it's okay. It's okay by them, even with all that violence. So the aliens decide they're not going to be at war anymore. And the Dum Dum Dugan, I think he's decided he's not going to be at war anymore. He gets yelled at by the soldier who says, you're letting the monster get away. And Dum Dum Dugan says, monster? What monster? I don't see any monster. Gabe Jones is proud of his friend, pats him on the back gently as Godzilla marches off into the sunset. We're in Salt Lake City here, but we're going to the uh, to a dude ranch or something because it says next issue, there's this bunch of cowboys, see? And they're, they got enough trouble with rustlers, right? So what do you think happens when Godzilla decides to take a uh, Roam on the range. Find out in 30 days. And, yeah, so that rounds off this trilogy of monster fighting mayhem. Uh, Rob Takaguchi is out. He is unconscious. His sister is concerned. And Red Ronin's head is lying on the ground. And I don't know what's going to happen with Red Ronin. I know this isn't the end of Red Ronin, but I'm not sure what happens to him next. Um, Godzilla is able to roam freely wherever he's going to go next. I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh, we've actually got in these three issues some character development, some character motivation, some character movement. 
we have giant monster action. And so thumbs up. Recommend this trilogy of issues, this story arc. This has been a fun, fun read for me, these these Godzilla stories. And honestly, all of the Star Wars comic stuff that I'm reading here, it's been just fun, fun stuff. And that's why I want to continue doing so because it's fun. This is a taking a break from all my worries, so to speak, where I can just for a few minutes just enjoy a, a mindless action or even, I guess, you know, this wasn't so mindless. Now, Dum Dum has earned this moment, whereas in Human Fly, the turn from that bad guy because he got rescued by Human Fly isn't exactly earned. I mean, he's basically a mustache twirling. Uh, he's not a mustache twirling evil bad guy, but he's a mustache twirling um, corporate bureaucratic goon type of guy. I don't know what, what I would call him, but um, here, Dum Dum, he. He's coming along to to Gabe Jones' point of view. Now, I don't agree with what he's turning around to do. I don't agree because, you know, Godzilla is still really dangerous, and he may have saved Salt Lake City, but he is also destroying cities. And, yeah, Gabe and Dum Dum now are, you know, they're, they're kind of on that, you know, monsters are people too kind of kick and uh, I'm just not there with you guys sorry I'm just not there so next up we have uh, for the next segment of Marvel's Cosmic Comics we're going to have uh, actually it's, it's it's John Carter Warlord of Mars we're, we're there issue number 16 I mean there is this is a lean month it's not a bad thing it just is it is what it is so I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for spending time with me as I read comics and talk about comics. I'm enjoying comics. And uh, until next time, Godspeed, Godzilla. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode... Woe be unto all, Barsoom. John Carter is dead. John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 16.
Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. (laughs) 